Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. So many people ask me, is it possible to train your brain to help you make more money? And the answer is yes. Stay tuned as we explore the second step to the pyramid of misdirection, more money. Welcome to the only show in the country dedicated to helping savers worry less about money, the Worry-Free Retirement, with your host, Tony Walker. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it. Shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Them that have it, get more of it. The less they need it, the more they love it. And it sticks to them like glue. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Ever ask yourself this question? How much money would it take for me to be happy and truly stop worrying about money? Is that magic number $100,000? Would you be happy and worry-free if you had $500,000? How about this, $1 million? Or let's go to the extreme, what if you had $100 million? Ever wonder why people spend their hard-earned money on lottery tickets? Well, the answer is quite obvious, isn't it? Because they think that having more money will make life easier. Well, the real question is this, will having more money and more money help you worry less about money? Well, welcome to the Worry-Free Retirement, folks. I am Tony Walker, Retirement Specialist and Fiduciary, and today with us in the studio, as always, to delve into this, it's a, truly a deep dive, into this subject of how much is really enough. We've been talking about the pyramid of misdirection. America's favorite financial sidekick, Mr. Aaron Orander. Good morning, Aaron. Hey, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. If we got our mics worked out, is uh, Megan? Yeah, I think we we're good, good over now. there. I think we're good. Megan, we're good. Okay, she's uh, she says we're good. We got Megan now at the helm, Aaron's favorite financial sidekick. Um, but this is really this is a cool topic. I think I love talking about this stuff. Uh, so I'm going to throw kind of the question back on you, Aaron, because you're a little younger. And I went through this at, at a young age, but ironically, I'm still going through it at this age. I'm asking myself, as do a lot of people who come in who are retired or nearing retirement, how much is enough? So without disclosing your age, let's just put it this way. You got three young kids at home. Do you think about this? Just how much is enough now? How much money do I need in the future? What, oh, yeah. what comes to mind right now to your stage in life? How oh, would, I just think about, you know, yeah, three kids. And I think about, you know, college tuition and I have two girls, so that means I've probably got two weddings on the way to, you know, pay for. Not anytime soon, hopefully, but, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I think about those things. Yeah, especially with children. I mean, I think about the things that I'm going to need money for for them, mm -hmm. you know. And here, here's what I found out, Aaron. It's all relative, so as much as you think you need now, more than likely over time, as you get older, you're going to look back one day and go, golly, I can't believe that I even thought I could make it on that because now I need X. It, right. it, it continually goes up. There's an old saying that says a luxury once enjoyed soon becomes a necessity. 
So what we're going to talk about, folks, is this desire, and it's human nature, there's nothing wrong with this desire, but this desire for feeling like we need more and more money. And uh, let's play that clip again, Aaron. At the start of the show, we played this clip. Uh, this is a guy, apparently, what is he thinking that we can, what, what's he say in this clip? He, Look, he, he thinks you can train your train, brain. Train your brain. Yeah, let's listen to this again. This is interesting. It's only about 11 seconds. So many people ask me, is it possible to train your brain to help you make more money? And the answer is yes. I mean, this is really bizarre, but however bizarre it is, Aaron, think about all of the things you see. You're, you're not even in the money business. Obviously, you help with this show, but just as a consumer, think of all the things you see. I'll call them ploys, if you will, of people beckoning for your money and exchange for them telling you they can make you more money on your money. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. So we are all tempted to want to listen to these messages. Uh, you're sitting here listening to a radio show from a financial advisor. So let's get the truth out there. You know, not only am I trying to educate people, but obviously um, I've got a wife, kids, grandkids, uh, 10 employees. I've got a business to run. I've got a black Russian terrier uh, Stella, who needs lots of food. So I'm doing this show not for free, right? I mean, I'm out looking for other people's money. Nothing wrong with that. But what we're going to dive in today is this concept we came up with called the Pyramid of Misdirection. And folks, what we're talking about today is the financial world. All right, and this is going to be radio, TV, internet. It can be a fellow like this, uh, you know, talking about the different types of ways you can make money. It could be TV ads imploring you to do this. It could be uh, Wall Street asking for more and more of your money. It could be talk show host. It doesn't matter, but we are all drawn to ways to make more money on our money. And I think the question is, why do we do that? Why, why is this just this pervasive thought that we need more and more? Um, I guess that's why, Aaron, I talk about my granddad a lot. You know, that generation, I guess because really it's pretty logical when you think about it. That generation, he came out of the depression. He literally witnessed having nothing. So when he had something, all right, it was enough. Right. He worked for Bell South. He had a good uh, paycheck, enough to pay his bills. He retired with his beloved mailbox money, and all he did was live below his means. It was really pretty simple. Don't spend more than you make. Right. And what he made was enough. So the question is, folks, how much is enough? And that's what we'll be exploring today. Last week on the show, our first step in the pyramid of misdirection was the financial world convincing hardworking savers that the only way to make it in retirement is putting your money at risk, and we debunked that theory. Uh, in fact, I've proved that in my practice with thousands of savers who, some of them take absolutely no risk with their money, and they are completely worry-free and very happy with the amount of money they have. So this journey of accumulating things, it's different for different people. We're not here to judge anybody. I'm not gonna tell you how much you should have or shouldn't have. The goal of today's program is to just kind of stop you in your tracks and say, no, wait a minute. You know, am I taking unnecessary risk with my money? Am I paying too much in fees? Am I doing things potentially wrong or putting myself in jeopardy or creating worry when I don't really need to? Uh, one of the things I did years ago was try to create what I call the three halves of life to help us think through this. And really what that means is, you know, like Aaron is in what we would call the first half of life. You're under the age of 40, right, Aaron? Right. Okay, so basically if you think of your life, folks, uh, in Aaron's case, he's still raising kids. He's got a mortgage. He's just trying to get by. Uh, he's working hard. He's trying to save a little money. 
um, you know, it's, it's tough. I remember those ages. It was very difficult to put money away for retirement. Probably deep down, that's the last thing on your mind, isn't it, Aaron? Really and truly, you just, uh, the only things you mentioned was college and weddings. Because I, I work here, it's not the absolute last <laughs> thing on my mind, but it's not, it's not the forerunner either. That, that didn't come, that's right. That didn't come out because of your age. Now, if you're listing this show at right. age 60, let's say that's because you're at halftime, more than likely you've raised your kids. If you're like me, you've already paid for that one wedding anyway. Um, and so now it's time to use and enjoy your money. But whatever happens out there, you... Many of you savers out there are afraid to spend money. We're going to help you learn how to spend money and enjoy it. And then we're going to move into the second half, which unfortunately, that's when most people should relax. Most people, when you get into your 70s, 80s, again, that's the second half of life. You're not even spending as much money, and the financial world is still tempting you to want to try to make more and more money. So when we come back, what I'm going to do, I'm going to talk about this issue of why we don't need as much money as we think to be worry-free. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back. Are you retired or retiring soon? With the stock market at an all-time high, do you really think it's wise to risk your 401k plan? Well, I'm retirement specialist Tony Walker, inviting you to my next free workshop, Safeguarding Your 401k from the Next Stock Market Crash, Tuesday, August 13th at 6 p.m. in Georgetown, Kentucky. Learn the secret to a worry-free retirement by attending. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Several years ago, my wife and I were invited to a conference down in Key Largo, Florida. I'd been to Key Biscayne, Florida before, but never Key Largo. Heard a lot about it. But uh, where the conference was being held was called the Ocean Reef Resort. you got to look this place up, folks. I, I, I did take a couple of pictures, you know, uh, snapshots of the Internet and kind of looked at it. I thought, okay, it looks like a pretty nice place, whatever. You know, somebody else is paying for it. I'm, I'm good. So anyway, so my wife and I, uh, Aaron, you'll appreciate this story. You've heard me talk about this place. Yeah, I've heard you talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Do you remember? uh, Well, let me describe the place first, and then I'll sum it up with what one of the workers said about this. This is hilarious. So anyway, uh, so my wife and I, we fly down to Miami. There's somebody that picks us up. We're driving. I kind of asked the driver, where are we going exactly? He said, well, it's not really in Key Largo. I'll show you. So all of a sudden, we get near Key Largo, and we hang a left. And we go down this two-lane road, and there's marshes on each side. I'm thinking, and we drive and drive and drive. It's a straight shot. And I thought, where in the world is this place? And all of a sudden, it comes to a dead stop. There's a guard booth with a gate and a place to turn around. Obviously, there's a lot of people. Yeah, there's that probably go a to, lot of people turning around. Yeah, you can't go down. <laughs> and so they let us in. You know, he gave them our names. We were on the list. And we go in there. And immediately, just something about this place. I'm thinking, golly, this is really cool. So, um, you know, we're, everybody's riding around in golf carts. Uh, there's a runway. They have their own private runway that tells you something, all right, in okay. this gated community. A couple of golf courses. And I notice when we go around a bend as we get closer to their marina, Gina in our office has, and I'm not making light of Gina. She's a great young lady, her and Tut, and they've got this beautiful 47-foot cruiser. Mm-hmm. Have you seen pictures yeah. of this thing? It's huge. It's on Kentucky Lake or whatever. Don't tell Gina I said this, but she, her boat would look like a dinghy. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking 60, 70, 80-foot cruisers, boats everywhere now. Not just one or two. There's probably 50 of them. I saw one that was over 100 feet long, got people crawling all over it, cleaning it. I'm looking around. I'm thinking, my gosh. 
So after a few days, you know, you just realize these are wealthy, wealthy people. Mm -hmm. A lot of these people, third and fourth homes. So as kind of as we're up second or third day, I can't remember, I'm talking to one of the workers, and I said, who in the world are these people? I said, they gotta have a lot of wealth. And he kind of laughed, he said, well, around here, we always say the people that live here or come visit here and own homes here, this is where the billionaires go to get away from the millionaires. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> so folks, here's rule number one. Wealth is all relative. You think you got a big boat, somebody else probably has a much bigger one than you. And it really doesn't matter how big your boat is. I think the question, that's what we're talking about today. How big enough is your boat? Or literally, if you can only afford a 20-foot bass boat, and somebody else can afford a 100-foot yacht, who cares, right? It's not the point. The point is, with the worry-free retirement and our philosophy at Tony Walker Financial, we're gonna help you use and enjoy what you got and mo make the most of what you've got. Now, where did some of this more money start? If we can, let's go back to my granddad. He didn't have a 401k, so all he knew he was gonna do is work, make some money, save a little money, and when he retired, in exchange for that, Aaron, his employer was gonna provide a pension and he knew Social Security would be there. This was in 1978 when he retired, and that was it. He retired worry-free. I saw this play out now. I, I watched him. He never, never hardly even talked about money. Now, again, you might argue, well, yeah, that was 1978, Tony. A lot more pressures now. Well, I get that. But let's really go to what created, I think, this desire and this propensity to watch our money and to want to build what we call bigger barns. All right, 1978, the 401ks ushered in. This is the first time that most Americans now have the ability to not only choose their investments for retirement, Aaron, but here's the key. I just thought about this this morning. I was prepping the show, finishing up the, the finishing touches. Had the ability to watch their wealth. Th okay, think about this, folks. This is pretty, I think this is pretty cool to think about this. So my granddad worked. He didn't watch his money or worry about the size of the barn because there was nothing to watch. You don't watch a pension plan. Any of you all have pension plans know this. Uh, the reason the teacher's retirement's in trouble right now is nobody was watching over the barns. That pension plan should have been invested a certain way, and basically there's not enough money to back up the pensions right now. That's why they're worried. It's underfunded. Well, in granddad's day, the people paid those pensions. It was fully funded. There was no such thing as a 401k plan, so granddad was not saving any money anywhere other than a little bit at the bank and paying off his house. You with me? Okay. So... When you turned on the nightly news in 1978, they didn't even mention the stock market. Very few people were in the stock market. Nobody would care. Now, with millions and millions of hardworking Americans investing in 401ks, the stock market, they now, I think it's forced to, because I don't think deep down people really enjoy this practice, not savers. They have to watch their wealth. And if that money's in the market, it goes up and it goes down. And they're picture of retirement goes up and down with the market. And think about this, folks. I'm going to slow this down because this is really, really important. And this might be the reason you're so worried about retirement. You are having to watch, we'll call it wealth. Actually, I don't, that you and I talked about this in the meeting with the staff here, and you heard me talk about the difference between us, a retirement specialist, and a wealth manager. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the big right. buzzword. I'm a wealth manager. Well, you know, deep down, most people are not that wealthy. Wealthy people are the people down there in uh, Ocean Reef Resort who have more money than they know what to do with. Right. That's wealth. Uh, now, you might have a lot of money. I'll grant you that. So all this wealth management and wealth creation, folks, that's, that's uh, for the most people in Kentucky, forget it. 
We're trying to help savers have enough money to use and enjoy and protect and not run out of money. That's what a retirement specialist does. We're not money managers. We're not wealth managers. Our job is to help protect your money, invest it for you on a safe basis, and show you how to use and enjoy it at the least amount of taxes. That's what a retirement specialist does. So we move fast forward now. We've got these 401ks, trillions of dollars in them, trillions with a T. It's bouncing all over the place. Everybody doesn't know what the market's going to do. And thus, what happens in your mind, you're playing right into the hands of Wall Street. If you think something's risky and may not be enough, you're going to be afraid to spend it. That's right. Are you with me, Aaron? Yeah. Okay. This is good stuff for you to think about as you get older, Aaron, because a lot of people your age don't think this way. You're, you're hearing something that's, this is the truth played out. All I do is work with retirees, folks. I see this play out. So what happens is because you're so afraid of running out of money because there's risk associated with the 401k, and then you look at other people's accounts or you see the stock market report on TV, what it should have done, what it could have been. Uh, many of you after 08, you told me this, many of you moved out of the stock market and now you're ridden with guilt because you missed out. Remember, this show's about following the herd, right? You feel like you should have stayed in there, hung in there, and now you don't have as much money. Well, I remind you that even your friends that are in the stock market, 100%, that's not guaranteed. So that wealth they have could go down tomorrow. So again, how much do you need to be content? How much do you need to be worry-free? Age-old question. We're going to come back, and I'm going to dive into two things. First thing I'm going to talk about is the fees on your money, something granddad never had to worry about, and how these fees that people are charging you are eroding your wealth. It's kind of like riding around in a boat, and you've got leaks and water seeping into the boat, and you don't know it. That boat could sink. So that's the first thing we're going to do. And then secondly, we're going to conclude that, well, how do we at Tony Walker Financial remedy this problem? How can we have a little bit of money maybe in the market, take a little bit of risk, but in the meantime, protect the rest of our money so that we won't sink that ship? You're listening to The Worry for Retirement. I'll be right back. Tired of the roller coaster ride of the stock market? Let Tony Walker show you how to smooth out the ride with your money. Log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and let's get started. And now it's time for Tony in the Trenches. Our Tony in the Trenches question is really more of a comment. Uh, basically, uh, someone who's visited with us in the past who's just kind of shopping around, which is perfectly fine with me. They're uh, just recently retired, and they're trying to figure out what to do with their 401k. They'd been to see us, and we talked about a whole host of things. Of course, we talked a lot about annuities. Obviously, we do a lot of annuities. We're one of the leading personal producing agencies in the country of annuities, so we know these products well, been using them for years. But this gentleman had gone to a dinner seminar uh, he was telling Heather in our office about this, and, and she was just laughing about it because it it's amazing who's out there peddling their wares. But anyway, he said after the dinner seminar, the gentleman was from out of town, didn't have an office, and insisted on meeting this person who had an interest in his services to meeting at his home. Now get this, Aaron. Tell me if you'd think this was kind of shoddy. This reminds me of the time I had a guy from the gutter company come to my house for these gutters that were supposed to... Well, you know, the concept was fine, but he wanted like $7,800 for these gutters that were supposed to never clog up. And I said, sir, I'll have to think about it. I couldn't get the guy to leave. He would not yeah. leave. I thought, 
I mean, he was going to make me. Was he asking about, you questions. Well, what are you? What are you unsure about? Well, yeah. What do you think? Oh gosh, I thought finally. Well, I don't I got, know. I need to I think got rid about of him. I thought, but this gentleman did the same thing. He started talking about annuities. Fortunately, this prospective client of ours had been to us, and we'd explained thoroughly how annuities worked, and he had a pretty good working knowledge. Well, he starts asking this guy about annuities and surrender charges and all that. The guy won't answer questions. In fact, says. Before I can answer questions, I need you to sign this. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. He laughed. Just sign your life. I mean your name. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, my client, my pr- prospective client friend told Heather, said, well, I'm not signing that. He said, well, or at least let me make a picture, this is weird, of your driver's license before I can show you anything. Good grief. Yeah, this is God weird. I was persistent. Good grief. So finally, this guy kind of runs him out, and it just reminds me, folks, my gosh, you know, I don't care if somebody's pushy or not. Do not ever start signing things and handing over money to people until you at least have a thorough understanding of, number one, who are these people? Check out their credentials. I wouldn't let anybody just in my house just because they bought me dinner. And then secondly, make sure that they are a fiduciary, that you check them out, that they give you the proper written game plan before you sign anything. All right, so that's rule number one. All right, let's keep moving. So speaking of fees... I got I to gotta make fun of this ad. I saw an ad on TV the other day, and it kind of went something like this. This was a money manager. Again, folks, if you're just now joining us, we're talking about everybody feeling like they need more and more money and the financial world misdirecting you into believing that nonsense. Most people can get by with less than they think. This is what I found from working with thousands of savers over the years. You just have to have a game plan to do that. And one of the aspects of this game plan is you have to keep your fees down. So anyway, I was watching this uh, advertisement. I won't name the company, and I'm familiar with the company, but they had a tagline, something like this, Aaron, when you do better, we do better. In other words, meaning I guess they make more money when you make money. And I thought, well, wait a minute. Uh, They charge fees. By the way, folks, we have a great platform through Charles Schwab. We charge fees. We charge a whopping six-tenths of 1%. These people charge fees. I think their fee is 1.5%. I've seen their literature. And so what they don't tell you, that all sounds well. Yeah, we make better money when you make money or we do better when you do better, whatever the saying was. What they don't tell you is they do better even if you do worse. They make money even if you don't. See, folks, the money management business, the fee business, what you are electing to do, you are trusting somebody with your money. Uh, Last week we talked about bungee dropping. Think of yourself as, you know, Let's say uh, in that clip we showed last week on the TV show, we have, uh, by the way, the TV show, if you'd like to watch the Worry for Retirement TV show, go to TonyWalkerFinancial.com right now. Click on the TV listings because we're in seven different TV uh, markets now. And this is a wonderful show on TV because we can use these examples. But anyway, last week we showed a picture, imagine this, of a young lady that goes up in this huge trolley. Obviously, she's paid lots of money to bungee drop. Uh, the guy that's running the trolley and all the friends of hers are all cheering her on. You know, she's nervous as a cat. So he straps the bungee straps on her ankles and they're all telling her to jump and she finally jumps. Remember that clip, Aaron? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, that thing is high. Yeah. And I thought, no, wait a minute. She had to pay probably good money to go up in this trolley. The bungee jumping company made money on her, right? Talked her into doing it. I'm sure she had to pay a fee. And granted, they've got equipment and everything, but, and the guy almost literally pushes her out of this thing. He has to almost talk. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, she's the one taking all the risk. If that rope were to snap, I'm sure he's got liability insurance, but he's not the one jumping out. He's talking her into it, and he gets paid whether she has a pleasant experience or not. 
So what we did, we kind of used an example here. We imagine you put a half million dollars, maybe you had a 401k plan, you're retired for instance, and you decide to roll this over to a money manager who does better when you do better. And again, forgets to tell you that they make money whether you do or not. They do better when you even do worse. But so basically, let's imagine this half million dollars. This was prior to 08. We, we like to use 08 because that was a real life example of the market crashing. So let's say the first year, the, uh, right before the market crashed, you made $22,000. Now their fee on that amount of money would be $7,900 approximately. That's one and a half percent. So think about this. You haven't converted that money into cash. It's just sitting there on paper. You've made 22,000 but they deduct from your account $7,900. It's a lot of money, isn't it, Aaron? Yeah. Now the problem is in 08, the account crashes. I'm trying to read this, I've got it on my computer screen. Yeah, the account crashes and now drops to around 323. Can you imagine Aaron being retired and all of a sudden you look up and get a statement in the mail and your 401k is now 201k? But here's what's wild about this. They still get 1.5% of the money. So they charge almost $5,000. It's a lot of money in, it. in their pocket. You're the one that's jumped out of the trolley. You know, the bungee cord is ripped. You're bouncing around close to the edge. And they're up there saying, hang in there. Hang in there, <laughs> literally. By the way, I need my, my <laughs> fee this year. You know, where's my money? Show me the money! All right, and granted, the market climbs back. So after, let's see, by the time you get to, well, let's say 2013, roughly. Because remember, you had fees coming out of this. Finally, by 2013, Assuming we look at what the market did, this is, these are actual returns in the stock market. By 2013, you'd be back up to $526,000. So on paper, listen closely here, and this is cool. Not real cool for the client, but cool the way people make money on your money. You're ahead $26,000 after one, two, three, four, five, six years. That's not a great return. So you put in a half a million. We're assuming we went through the market decline of 08. So in 2013, you get 526,000. So on paper, still not in your pocket because it's at risk. You've made $26,000. Want to guess how much the guy managing this has made? Assuming the one and a half percent. Let's see, eight, 13, 19, let's see, 26, 33, uh, we'll round it off, 40,000. So you on paper have made 26,000, which is still not guaranteed. You could lose it again. Yeah. That's just on paper. Yeah. You've worked hard to bring the half million dollars. You, you know, in other words, you made the money to climb up in the trolley to make the bungee drop. Mm -hmm. The guy operating the trolley and strapping the straps on you made $40,000 with absolutely no risk. So and to go off that, that's not his only client. He's ooh, probably yeah. got more people. That, that's right. I mean, he's got several people lined up Hundreds like that. Hundreds probably. Yeah. So folks, we're not getting on the concept of fees. We charge fees for our Schwab platform, but there's a better way to do this. We call this the worry-free split IRA concept. It couples low fees, maximum flexibility, and mailbox money. Uh, this trademark process that I've come up with called the worry-free retirement, it is unique to savers. So if you're an investor or speculator, hey, this, this message is not for you. We're talking about people out there, listen closely, that are more concerned with the return of their money than on it. That is the definition of a saver. So if you're retired or nearing retirement, here's what I'd like you to think about. Here's how the split IRA works. I just had this happen last night, Aaron. A gentleman has a profit sharing plan or a pension and a 401k plan. 
He's getting ready to retire this year. He said, Tony, I've been listening to you on the radio. I've seen your TV show. I think I want you to handle it. And he's heard something about the split IRA. So how does this work? It's really actually pretty simple. We do all the paperwork. We do all the phone calls. We move everything over into what we call a split IRA. There would be two to three to four IRAs depending on the size or the amount of money you have. Now, the first line of defense is our Charles Schwab platform, where, again, we charge six-tenths of one percent, usually about a third of what most people charge. So that's going to put a whole lot of money in your pocket. And the good thing about this platform is we personally do this out of our offices. I have staff. I look over it myself. We don't delegate this to other money managers. We do this all internally. You need money, you call us. We send it to you from the Schwab account. We monitor the taxes. We monitor the required minimum distributions. We make sure as best we can that you don't drift into higher tax brackets. And then on the second leg of that, that's where the annuities come in, folks. The annuities, that's the backstop so that you don't run out of money. So if you're sitting there saying, Tony, I don't have a game plan like this. I've been told that I need more and more money and nobody's showing me how I can use and enjoy this stuff without running out. We would like to talk to you. And best of all, to talk, there's no cost or obligation. Uh, all you got to do is log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, TonyWalkerFinancial.com, and we can arrange a personal phone call or a meeting between yourself and myself. Absolutely free, no cost or obligation. So what are you waiting for? If you're retired or retiring soon, log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, or you can give us a call at 877-499-9255. That's 877-499-9255. 9255. Well, when we return uh, next week, we're actually going to be talking more about more money. We're going to do part two of more money, some interesting things, and we're going to discuss this concept of what is really a successful retirement and how would you define that? Good stuff coming up next week, but you remember between now and then, if all else fails, you be worry-free. You don't get it. Shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do.